back. This is episode number one, 100. No, this is episode number 25 of the Shutdown Inning Podcast. I am Steven Risotto, and I am joined by always, uh, I am joined by my co-host as always. It is Tyler Hall. Tyler, what's going on? That was an interesting intro. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, hey, everybody. I remember my first intro. Great work, Steven. I'm doing well, man. Uh, you know, we've, we've officially made it to the all-star break. So, you know, a lot, it's always kind of a fun time in the baseball year to kind of take a little break and enjoy some of baseball's best. And, uh, you know, thank you to everyone who listens to our last episode with hot dog, Hal and everything going on in Oakland. Uh, it's been a few weeks since then. And I, I took a baseball trip to Toronto, which was a lot of fun. Got to watch the giants lose a series in a different country for a change. And, uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to, to the second half, man. How about you? What's going on? Yeah, nothing much. I was going to ask about that trip to Toronto, by the way, uh, because not a lot of people get to go um, across the border to Toronto to watch baseball. Uh, but the people that have have always reported back that it's a good trip. So Tyler Hall, was it a good trip? Yeah, you know, aside from not getting the results I wanted, Toronto was an awesome city. Uh, lots of great food and drinks. The people were awesome, beautiful town. It was a little smoky. So it kind of made me feel like I was back in Northern California. Uh, the one time that the roof was closed for a game was because of smoke, not because of bad weather. So that was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I heard from a lot of fans there that are Jays fans because I ended up talking to a lot of them that, you know, the, the updating to the out, outfield areas at Rogers center uh, are a game changer for them. And it was all really nice that I saw. Um, and uh, yeah, so definitely would recommend a trip to Toronto uh, no matter who they're playing. If you have a chance to get up there and, and see a game in Canada. Eh? And, eh? and you were on TV multiple times, but like two straight nights, the giants broadcast got you and everybody's like, Oh my God, it's Tyler hall. So um, yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty awesome. That- that was fun. Randomly, like people I haven't talked to in a while recognize me and I start getting texts. You know, we were sitting right up on the the Giants bullpen because that's general admission area. So we were just we just bought cheap tickets way up top and just got in early and snagged spots right by the Giants bullpen. Uh, yeah, so made it on in, on uh, on the broadcast a couple times. And uh, the third game that we didn't make it on TV, we were actually first row on the Giants bullpen, which was really cool to see some of those guys warming up, uh, you know, from four feet away. So yeah, it was a good trip, man. Fun. A good way to close out the first half. And uh, speaking of uh, closing out the first half, we have a lot to get to a lot of all-star game stuff, home run derby, maybe some draft stuff. Uh, first half kind of recaps. Uh, but there was an injury that happened kind of towards the end uh, of the first half, Mike Trout ended up, I believe, fracturing his hammy bone, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so he's going to be out um, uh, for the Angels. And the Angels, Tyler, have been kind of, you know, in the hunt just a little bit. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs this year, but they've kind of tried their best to give Otani and Trout uh, a chance together to make the postseason. But um, we always kind of mentioned some of the big injuries around the league, and this is unfortunately one of them. Yeah, I mean, it's always a bummer to see a guy like like Trout go down for a number of reasons. But, you know, it is interesting to see, like, you know, the Angels have said all along they're not going to trade Otani. But with Trout out, depending on how, how the next, you know, few weeks go, you almost have to consider it if you're the Angels because um, of the return you could get for a guy like that. And if, you're, you know, most people expect him to leave at the end of the year anyway, so you might as well cash out on it. I mean, if they go on a run somehow and they're still in the hunt, maybe see what happens, but you know, trout and Otani are just two huge pieces of that roster, obviously. And so with half of them, half of it gone for the offense, I don't know how they stay afloat, but we'll see. I mean, they're only a game under 500 at the break. Yeah, no doubt. it. And, uh, you know, trout's a guy that he seems to have an, an IL stint every year. And it's, we know, we know he's going down as one of the all time greats in baseball, but it's almost kind of like a Mickey Mantle thing, like all-time great, but also how much more of an all-time great could he have been? Um, and, you know, the games that Trout has missed definitely, I guess, raises that question. Um, and then, you know, we had the 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 long layover a little bit. We talked to Hot Dog Hal, which was great, or Hal the Hot Dog Guy. I keep confusing his name, uh, which was amazing. Go check out that episode. And um, while we were away, there was a perfect game and a no-hitter. 
So I believe the first of the first perfect game since 2012 by the Yankees right-hander Herman um, Domingo Herman. Uh, did you get a chance to see that? Because it happened uh, in the Bay Area. Yeah, actually, I was in tr- I was on my Toronto trip when it happened, and uh, actually, a few uh, buddies and I were watching beginning of that game at a sports bar called real sports in Toronto. If you go to Toronto, you got to go to real sports. It's right by the uh, arena where the Leafs and the Raptors play. Uh, but we were watching the beginning of that game while we had, you know, kind of a late dinner after the ball game. And we didn't realize there was a no hitter going on. Uh, so we left that bar in like the sixth inning and started to get texts and notifications that there was a perfect, uh, perfect game going. So I, I watched the rest uh, from another establishment on my phone because they didn't have TVs where we went after that. Um, but, you know, kind of a, a bummer that the, there wasn't more people at the game to to witness that history in the Bay Area. But, uh, yeah, caught pieces of it, but not all of it. How about you? I watched the last part of it. Um, and it's, it is it is interesting because, you know, we've talked a lot about the A's Um and kind of their downfall, not just, you know, the front office stuff, but also the team stuff. And this is kind of like, unfortunately for them, the like the the last kick in the nuts, I'd say. Maybe not the last, but just another big kick in the nuts. Um, and, you know, Domingo Herman is a guy who, look, the Yankees don't have a lot of pitching outside of Garrett Cole. And Herman is a guy that was knocked around to start before. And here he comes, like not even a, an official member of the rotation if they're all healthy. And he, he goes out and throws a perfect game. The first one since 2012, like we mentioned. I can't believe it, Tyler, that it's been since 2012 that we have seen a perfect game. Plenty of no hitters. But well, yeah. the, the fact that there's yeah. only 24 of them yeah. is absurd. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I was kind of just looking back at it right now because they just they were happening so often in like the early 2010s that I think we got a little spoiled as to how often they actually happen. Uh, three of them happened within a year of each other from 09 uh, uh, into 2010 with uh, Mark Burley, Dallas Braden, and Roy Halladay. And then three happened within like four months of each other in 2012 with Humber, Kane, and Felix Hernandez. So, you know, within, you know, from 09 to 12. So within three years, we had six of them, which is just insane. When you think that's a quarter of baseball's perfect games happened within a three-year span of each other. And the game's been like, what, 150 more plus years old? Yeah. Um, and and the list so- of it, the list of it is not Clemens. It is not like Pedro. Like a lot of the big Maddox, like a lot of the big name pitchers, you know, Randy Johnson has one and um, you know, Koufax has one, but a lot of the big name, like Hall of Fame pitchers do not have a perfect game. Uh, and it's a lot of these kind of interesting names. Your David Wells, your David Cones, your Burleys, your Hallidays, you know, Matt Cain, as much as we love him, he's not like a Hall of Famer. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting the, the, the amount of names and the, the variety of names, I should say, that are throwing these perfect games. I don't want to say it's random, but... You know, when you have a good night, you have a good night. And uh, Herman Marquez had a pretty good night. Yeah, I mean, what was crazy, uh, it was, uh, it wasn't Marquez, it was Domingo Herman. Oh, uh, did I say Herman Marquez? Yeah, yeah. Herman. But, I mean, one yeah. thing, too, about it, too, it was a Maddox. It was under under 100 pitches. That's right. Complete game, which is pretty impressive. Um, and, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see how long it is until the next one. But, yeah, it is kind of, uh, like you said, I don't want to say random, but also – weird thing with him is just to show like any night you could just have the stuff of your life. Cause he was, he got lit up like the starter two before that. And then he didn't have a really good outing the start after, but right in the middle there, he threw a perfecto. So, um, yeah, so that was interesting. And then I think it was just a few days ago, the tigers threw a combined no hitter, um, which depending on how you feel about combined no hitters, you're either excited or whatever about it. But, uh, yeah, Matt Manning, Jason Foley, and Alex Lang combined um, to no hit the the Blue Jays. Um, I don't know how. What's your reaction to a combined no no? Doesn't do it. It's just not memorable. I don't think yeah. it's even memorable to. I I don't think like it's it. Well, certainly it's not the same as one guy doing it. But I don't even think it's significant enough to where a guy could go home during Thanksgiving and tell his family like, yeah, I threw five innings of that no of that combined no hitter. Like, <laughs> you know. Guys throw five hitless innings all the time, like big deal, right? Um, 
and I just I just don't think it's the same. It's not memorable. I mean, you could tell me that the Giants or the the A's threw a combined no hitter, you know, tomorrow, and I would forget about it by by October. You know, that's how unmemorable it is. So, a uh, cool accomplishment for the team, but I don't think anybody in baseball really cares. Yeah. Well, yeah. Congratulations, Tigers, on that note. Uh, we'll <laughs> move on. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat. There was that one that was kind of memorable after uh, Tyler Skaggs passed away. That the, one, the yes. Angels Absolutely. Kind of, you know, it was kind of fitting that it was a team one there. But yeah, other than that, I mean, I can't really think of any that pop up. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, just some cool occurrences there uh, that happened over the last week and a half or so. Uh, but then kind of moving into some more recent news, we we are in the middle of the MLB draft right now. Um, and you know, the draft's always kind of interesting, especially in baseball, because these guys are going to sign or, or some won't sign and then, you know, work their way up the minor leagues over the next probably four to five years for most of them, if they even make it to the show. But, you know, it's kind of, it's always cool to watch these guys who, you know, they've been working their whole life towards it. I, I like to watch, you know, the videos of them getting the call that they're getting drafted. Um, I think Steven, I, you, you played with or against some guy who got drafted today, correct? Yes, I played against, um, I believe his name was, I'm blanking out his name, but he went to a rival high school of mine at Sarah High School and um, down there in San Mateo. So some WCL love um, for Drew Dowd, left-handed pitcher who was picked by the Tampa Bay Rays. And the Rays also got a guy a few years ago who I played against, Patrick Wicklander. Uh, so the Rays kind of pick up a lot of Bay Area guys. But no, I agree with you. Um this is really, really cool. I like draft time a lot. Um, and it, it's different from other sports because other sports, you know, they get drafted and we see them right away. Baseball, it's, you know, they're going to be riding buses in Eugene, Oregon for the next three years or two years. Um, yeah. But yeah. I, I was thinking about this last night. I can't imagine like getting a call like that and being featured on TV and being talked about on TV, like you're going to be the next big star and the way that these kids have like composure and the poise and the makeup, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. Like I feel like going through an experience like that will just, you know, age you completely and, you know, make you more mature and everything. And the way that these kids handle it is it's pretty awesome. And they're well, um, they're well beyond your their years because of it. And um, I, I, I enjoy draft day. I really do. I think it's a lot of fun and we saw some history this draft. Yeah, definitely. Uh, LSU became the first school to have two players selected number one and number two in the same draft. Uh, Paul Skeens is a righty uh, pitcher went to the pirates and then Dylan Cruz, who a lot of people I think had pegged as the number one pick, uh, went to, to Washington. He's an outfielder. Um, so that was, yeah, that's kind of cool to see. And we'll see, I think both of those guys are juniors, I believe. So, you know, they can always reject and go back, but we'll see what Cruz does. I know maybe part of the reason he's switched or fell down to number two is he had said he wanted a record breaking, you know, signing uh, slot bonus. So we'll see what happens there, but yeah, yeah. I mean, that's always cool to see that kind of history. A lot of 2002 birthdays in there, Tyler. A lot of 2002 birthdays, which is crazy to me, at least. But um, well, it's crazy to me too because that was the year I graduated high school. And oh, now there's man. kids that were born that year that are. Now you're doing drafted. a podcast with someone that was born that year, <laughs> right? What happened um, to your life? <laughs> oh man, rock bottom right now on the shutdown inning. Yeah, and also I do want to say that MLB kind of maximized the opportunity for the draft because they moved it to like All Star Game weekend which mm -hmm. is interesting. And I, there's a little bit of a, uh, you know, chatter about uh, one of the chats that weren't about how the all-star game should be on a, on a weekend, but you know, they put the draft here on a Sunday and I don't know if you saw the video of Rob Manfred angrily getting booed by baseball Loved fans it. when he was, so he was getting booed all night. Whenever he walked into the podium, he was getting booed, but it amplified when he was announcing the Houston Astros draft pick, the final first round pick, um, because obviously they won so many games last year, the final pick in the first round, and they just let him have it, and he was so pissed off. It was hilarious. <laughs> you love to see an angry Manfred. Uh, yeah, yeah. Although maybe you don't, because maybe he's got too much power, and 
It's like you don't know what he's gonna do with that built up anger. But he he wanted to yell at them so bad, but he <laughs> he held back. So, um, yeah. But again, I'm I'm really impressed with because I could never. I'd be freaking out if I get drafted. They're probably freaking out internally, but they did, definitely didn't show it. I don't know what I would do with myself if I was ever drafted in the first round or something like that. What yeah. would you do with your signing bonus? <laughs> Random question. Oh, I mean, parents' house paid off for sure. At uh, that age, I wouldn't need a house yet because I'm going to be jumping through the minors. So I would probably, you know, try to save most of it. I don't know. That's easy for me to say as a guy who doesn't have like a $9 million check coming my way um, to say that I would save it. But I think the first thing I would do would definitely have been like at that age, like pay off mom and dad's house. That's good. You? Yeah, I I don't know what I would do. I'm buying a share in a massive share in Propel. Yes, I would buy a massive <laughs> share in Propel. I would actually buy the company from Gatorade and I would develop different flavors of Propel and bring it back to life. Because I think Propel, for those that don't know, Tyler knows that I'm obsessed with Propel. I think it's the most underrated sports drink. You could say it tastes like watery down crap or whatever, but no, Propel is the real deal. I will die on that hill. Oh, R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, but yeah, that's what I would do. I, I, I'm sure you would do great things with Propel. Um, but yeah, you know, shout out to everyone who's like, you know, living their dream over the last couple of days to uh, buy a major league baseball team. Um, Come on the podcast, by then, the way. Yeah, we'll hopefully have a couple of those guys on. Um like you mentioned, they did move the draft to All Star Weekend, the week you know at the weekend that leads into the All Star break. Uh, whether the game should the All Star you know break itself should land on a weekend is up for debate. I see why they don't do it. I think they'd have better viewership if they did. But uh, but you know the first you know stone to fall that most people look forward to uh, during the All Star break is the home run derby, and that's actually tonight. So when you're listening to this podcast. Uh, uh, we're talking about it on Monday afternoon before it happens. So let's laugh at me and Steven with how bad some of these predictions are. Um, but Steven, you a big home run derby guy. You, you, you like it? Not no, kind of not your jam. What, how, how do you feel? I do. I, I really do like the home run derby. I watch it from start to finish, I guess more so since the timers uh, kind of gotten in. Um, I did like the old format too. I understood the complaints. I do think the new formats better but the cool thing about the old format was a guy would hit a monster homer and then you could you could have time to see him being impressed with himself. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I enjoyed that part of it and, you know, the big homer and then everybody kind of looking around at each other like, wow, this one, there's really no time for it. I like the excitement, um, but the one downfall is, like, we can't tell if a ball has gone out. There's sometimes miscounted home runs. Um yeah. I, the timer yeah, that's my number yeah. one yeah, yeah go ahead yeah sorry i kind of no like I, I like the the premise of the timer but like you said mm -hmm. like it used to be like you know the, there would be like a buzz in the stadium they'd be showing like both you know teams like freaking out after you know bonds crush one to the third deck at Coors field or whatever now you're lucky to even see that ball land on tv because they come right back because the next pitch is already in the air so i feel like they could try to do something to tweak it there um, you know, they're in the pitch clocks now. Maybe you just have to throw a pitch within like five seconds, go back to the outs, maybe, but you have to throw the next pitch within like five seconds of the ball landing. So you get some of those reactions because now it's like, you know, they rush through the round because of the timer and I get why they did it. Uh, but you know, then maybe you see one or two replays of the home run, but like that reaction and that buzz in the stadium, isn't really exactly the same as it used to be. Yeah, and they do have the guy like standing there, the umpire standing there, and they bypass him all the time. And I think what would be effective is if you have a green or a, or a red kind of like 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 a like a stoplight, you know, right right behind the plate. Just put up yeah. like a little screen, a stoplight. Uh, red is don't throw, green is throw. Uh, and and the second guy is always going to have an advantage in these rounds. Um, but it should not be the it should be the advantage of knowing how many homers you have to hit, but it should not be taken advantage of based on, you know, we're going to throw, 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 because I don't think that's fun. I don't like the side screen that the home run derby has where it's the guys hitting and three balls are in the air at once. 
it, I, I like, I, I like the home runs. I like the timer, but I just don't like the chaos of it. Cause it is hard to, to, you know, keep up with sometimes. And if we're trying to get, yeah, young and, kids and also game, with like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. If we're trying to, you know, keep young kids in the game, then the, the most popular thing is the home run. So why are we going to like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm where I was going with yeah. that. <laughs> well, and also just like that, that that with the timer, you know, when they can't throw the next pitch till the ball lands. Like if you have a guy like crushing bombs, he is like penalized because he's hitting further home runs with like more hang time than anyone else. So if like if you could just hit liners, you know, mm-hmm. don't get a lot of arc on it, you're giving yourself an advantage. And it's like what's more entertaining, like a, a laser shot that gets out really quick or just a mammoth bomb from like Pete Alonzo that goes, you know, 500 feet. Yeah. Um, There's a nice so. variety though. There's a nice variety in this, in this one, I guess. And there have been in years like Jose Ramirez was in it one year and Alex Bregman was in it one year. And this year, Mookie Betts, I could see kind of being that guy with the line drive approach. Um yeah. There's a few guys in this pool that are that are kind of like that, and then there's a few guys that are going to hit obviously your your tape measure shots like your Guerreros, your Alonzos, your your Rodriguez's. Um, so I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, should should we go round by round here and uh, kind of uh, see what we, we go do? like around? What? Do, yeah, I mean, if you want, you mean just for like the first round? First round. The first matchups. First matchups. Okay. Yeah. So like the. First of all, these seedings are bizarre. I don't know how Robert is the number one seed, but he is the number one seed going against Adley Rutschman. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to go Rutschman just because former catcher going to going to pull for him to you know, to to make some magic happen. What about you? I'm going to go Robert. I'll go Robert Jr. on this one. Luis Robert. Um, he had a really good first half, and I feel like this could be a good competition for him. I know it's yeah. obvious he's in the home run derby. It's a good competition for all these and guys. And he's the but... one seed. Way to go out on a limb, Steven. He's the one seed. Uh, Let's stick with the one seed. Uh, the next matchup would be uh, Adolis Garcia of the Rangers versus Randy Arozarena of the Rays. I'm going to go rakes all night, day, year. He kind of showed during the WBC he loves the, the big stage, and so hopefully he can put on a show for the Pacific Northwest tonight. He might be who I'm looking forward to watching the most because of what you just said. He loves the big stage. I'm going to agree with you. I'll go with a Rosarena. All right. This one might, well, I think these last two are definitely the more interesting matchups of the opening round. And it does kind of suck that they match some of these guys up because it means, you know, one of them won't be going on. Uh, but Mookie Betts versus Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Uh, who you Who you got in that one? This one is really dependent on like if Betts gets on a roll, you know, because if Betts could get on a roll and we talked about kind of the line drive, the laser beam approach, uh, then he could do really well. Guerrero just kind of has the raw power. And I think all side with the raw power, I think that's really what wins you home run derbies historically. So I'll go with I'll go with Guerrero, but I would not put it past Moogie Betts to make it interesting. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. I think Guerrero just is, has more raw power. He's just consistently used to kind of just crushing home run, home runs during BP. I saw him once uh, when he hit his first home runs was actually in San Francisco. So I got there early so I could watch him take BP. And there's just a different sound off his bat when he's taking BP compared to other guys. So yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Vladdy. Uh, do I'm a big Mookie guy, though, uh, but going to go with Vlad. And then uh, the final matchup of the opening round, uh, two-time champ Pete Alonzo going against Julio Rodriguez in front of his hometown crowd. This one could be interesting. Yes. Uh, Julio put on a show last year, and the hometown crowd um, is definitely going to help. We saw Frazier do it in Cincinnati a few years ago in 2015. I'm not going to bet against that. And I know Alonzo's won it twice, and he's kind of like taken pride in being the home run derby guy. Um, but I'm going to go Julio. I think it's going to be a great story if he does in front of his home crowd. He kind of had a slow start to this year. Maybe it's some momentum going into the second half for him as the home run derby champ. But for for the storyline, I'll I'll put Julio dethroning the champ. Well, actually, Soto's the champ. Soto's the champ, the but Alonzo's won it twice. Yeah, but yeah, Alonzo's won it twice. Actually, if Alonzo wins, he'll become the only the second player to have won it three times. Wow, uh, who won it three? The other one. Is? Oh, um, Cespedes. Nope. Ken no, Griffey 
junior. So a little, a little tie into Seattle there as well. Yes, that's right. So, uh, Cespedes won know, it twice. I think, I think I'll probably, yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I'll go with Alonzo in that round, but I would, it would be cool to see, you know, I think, uh, Julio Rodriguez's slow start was kind of a bummer this year. Cause he is kind of like looked at as kind of on that Acuna threshold. Um, and so hopefully, you know, maybe this helps keep his, uh, you know, he's been a little more, uh, hot as of late. So hopefully this can keep that going and it would, it's always fun to at least hopefully he can go, go deep in this thing. Cause in front of the home crowd, like you said, with like Frazier a few years ago, it was really fun to watch. So especially one of the brightest young talents in the game, you'd want to see that. Um, so yeah, so that was the first rounds. Obviously after that, I think it becomes just a field, but who's your, are you picking Julio to win this thing then, Steven? Yes. For the storyline, Julio's winning it. All right. Um, and I'm going to go, I'll go Guerrero. Mm. I think it's his year to, to, to take it over. So I'll go Vladdy. So uh, tomorrow, when you listen to this, everybody laugh at me and Steven tweet us, thread us, tell us how wrong we were. Thread us. Yes. That's an, is, that, is, that, is, that, is that what we're going to call thread us? That's the first time <laughs> I've heard anybody say it out loud. Thread us. Right. Yeah. Threading. Yeah. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Oh man. Yeah. It's um, a different podcast altogether. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, obviously the 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 main event will come tomorrow night in Seattle with the All-Star game. Uh, I mean, I don't think we need to go through rosters. Um, I think it's Cole versus uh, Gallon. They've got the nods on the mound. Um, but, you know, do you have any All-Star game traditions or any any that kind of stick out? Or do you uh yeah, I think in terms of traditions, I usually watch it at home. Um I think the coolest thing about the All-Star game is what it means to the players. I mean, we just saw Alex Cobb for those Giants fans listening. Alex Cobb after like a dozen years in the big leagues finally got that first call. And as much as the game is kind of a little different now with the game not meaning much, um and so many so many years it's been a lot of first-time All-Stars. Uh, but every now and then there's that good story that they get that gets mixed in. And uh, I, I do think baseball does a good job of of putting all their best players in one spot. Um, and, and I will say them lining up on the line and getting their uh, their names introduced is still the coolest thing. Um, I like seeing that. I like seeing from, you know, the Houston Astros, you know, and from the yeah. San Francisco Giants. I think that's a really cool aspect of it. Uh, as much as the broadcast part of it has been kind of a sideshow a little bit with some of the interviews, which could be cool at times, uh, the All-Star game still has a lot of meaning to people. And I think uh, being there, I've never been to an All-Star game. I don't know if you have. Being there seems like something that would be really cool. So uh, that's definitely on my bucket list is to watch an All-Star game in person. But uh, I remember in 2015, I went to shout out to Uncle Pat. We were in Omaha or Omaha, Nebraska, watching it. Uh, the one in Cincinnati with him, and it was really cool watching the. Uh, they did the uh, living for greatest players, the greatest living players, um, and it was Hank Aaron and Willie Mays and Koufax and Johnny Bench. Uh, so it's it's cool that there's some some stuff like that mixed in, and I really wish that they would wear their jerseys, their their home jerseys, their away jerseys, and not you know, one Jersey, but, um, I like the all-star game. What about you? Do you have any traditions? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's cool. It was cool back in the day when they all wore their own jerseys. Cause you could see like all the different, you know, colors out there, all the different, you know, teams represented besides just the cap. And I think part of the reason why the, the baseball's all-star game is kind of looked at a little differently is it's like, it's the closest to the actual game, you know, NBA, they don't really play any defense. I think pro bowl is like flag football now. You if you tackle. watch the all-star game. Yeah. If you watch the MLB all-star game, it's, it's a baseball game. Uh, I have been to one. I was at the 07 all-star game in San Francisco. I got a, a standing room only ticket at the last minute. And if you ever watched the replays of that game, or if you remember, there was like a camera standard they had built on the arcade and right field. And so me and my buddy that went with me, we stood right underneath that, which was kind of nice because it rained a little bit. Um, and it was really cool because you know, every at bat you have two of the best players in the game going head to head against each other. Uh, so that was really cool. Uh, Ichiro hit the only inside the park home run in all-star game history at that game. Um, so that was really cool. 
Um, and you know, just grow, not really any traditions. I usually do end up watching at home like you do. Um, but yeah, it's just fun to see in the, you know, and then, uh, you know, to see all those great players on one field and then those little memories that, you know, that when they call on the past are awesome. I think it might've been the last time they played it at Seattle. One that kind of a, a memory that always stuck out to me was when, uh, they came out to start the game and Alex Rodriguez made Cal Ripken Jr. Go play shortstop for an inning. It was his last all-star game and Cal, you know, had obviously gotten his start as a shortstop moved over to third once he got a little older and, and for his last all-star game, they had him go over and play shortstop for an inning. I think that was in Seattle. The last time the all-star game was there. Um, yeah, 2001. Yeah, little, yeah. And then obviously uh, when they did it at Fenway and they brought Ted Williams out, and you know brought him out on the golf cart and he just wanted to talk to tony gwynn but like all the players just kind of swarmed around him so stuff like that's always really cool to watch too it's just like it's a it's a spectacle uh you know if you're a baseball fan and uh, you know it's always just fun to see the the best in baseball i'm kind of glad it's not worth anything now because you know i think when you put limitations on like every team has to have a guy and stuff like that it's, it's an exhibition so i'm kind of glad it doesn't I always thought it was kind of funny that they made it worth something the year after they made the game end in a tie. So it's like, okay, what are we going to do if it ends in a tie again? Um, yeah. But yeah, I love, love the all-star game always have since I was a kid. So hopefully this is another one to, uh, to remember. And baseball likes the weekend revenue, but if they didn't, you know, I, you know, maybe the all-star breaks longer so we could kind of see some of these guys pitch, um, you know, a little bit, some of the, 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 uh, the stars pitch that, ended up pitching this past weekend if there were any uh but then at the same time you know these teams are very um aware that they have a lot of money invested in their talent and they want to be very careful but um maybe that would keep us from seeing some of the because that you know sometimes you get like the relievers who were just you know picked to the team to represent the team like the washington nationals reliever or whatever or you know whoever that may be but um yeah usually it's fun you know i like seeing how the starting pitcher interacts with like the opposing team catcher i remember one year i think wilson Contreras caught for like a a cardinal pitcher and those kind of like relationships and seeing the guys interact with each other who are on different teams but you know the mutual respect yeah, i think i think there. buster i think buster caught kershaw a couple times like, see, that's you know, fun that, like that that, that that's yeah. something that like i'm interested to see like how that works like obviously they're two guys that respect each other um two very similar guys in terms of how they carry themselves on a baseball field uh and just like a matchup like you like a, a team that you just didn't see happening a battery that you'd <laughs> that you'd only see in an all-star game so um yeah that's a good that in Yair Molina and I think someone else I think he maybe caught Baumgartner once, um in the, in the game I could be wrong but uh, okay yeah um, that would make sense I think Baumgartner came out of the bullpen for an All Star game, um but yeah th those are the fun parts about the All Star game shall we move yeah, on so hopefully you know <laughs> by the time you listen yeah we should get this out before after the home run derby but before the game so hopefully yes. you enjoy the All Star game. Um, but we we are at the midway point of the season and we could probably run through these a little a little quick but you know we figure we could talk about uh some of the mid-season awards if the season ended today who'd be your mvp your cy youngs your rookies of the year um so just to without further ado i'll just start and we maybe we just go back and forth in steven's defense i filled mine out first so i have some of the low-hanging fruit here but al mvp i'm i i I don't know how Steven's going to try to argue someone else, but Shohei Otani to me is head and shoulders above anyone else in baseball, let alone the American league. Uh, you know, what he's doing is ridiculous uh, both on the mound and at the plate. I think he leads still leads baseball in home runs. I think he had 32 yesterday. Um, so, and you know, striking out guys just dominating on the mound. So I'm going Shohei as the AL MVP. Yeah, it's hard to bet against him. I think he's going to win it too, but I'm going to play devil's advocate. And I'm going to say Wander Franco from the Tampa Bay Rays. And uh, Wander, I'm putting a lot on his second half. I think that he had kind of a rough year last season. He was never really healthy. And this season, I think he's going to he's gonna do really well in the second half. He had a good first half, and he's on the best team in the American League. And I think that means something in these MVP races unless you're a guy like Shohei Otani or somebody having an absurd year um and he's 
again, on the best team in the American League. And if you took him off that team, I don't think the Rays would be where they are now. Uh, so he's he's been amazing for them. So I'll go with Wander. Nice. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely having a solid year. He's doing everything, too. Speed, power. So he's fun to watch. Um, NL MVP, more low-hanging fruit for me over here. I'm going Ronald Acuna Jr. I mean, what he's on pace to do from, like, a, a home run and, and stolen bases – uh, you know, outlook is just absurd. Um, let me, I mean, just to make sure I'm not misquoting anything right now, I'll pull him up already 41 stolen bases, 21 home runs. So we could be looking at like a, a you know, potentially a 40, 40 season, obviously the stolen bases are already there. I mean, what, like a 40, 60, 40, 70 season, um, you know, hitting 331. Uh, so, I mean, he's definitely, He's one of those guys, you know, he's been banged up for a couple of years and we've talked to, you know, you and me personally have talked about him a little bit. He, we're hoping he didn't turn into the, one of those, what if he could have stayed healthy? Uh, we're getting what a full healthy Acuna is right now. And he's really fun to watch. Yeah, that's a really good one. I'm going to go with Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts, he's already got an MVP in the American League. He's on pace right now, Tyler, to have his best power season of his career. Uh, he right now at the moment has a 586 slugging, uh, and that leads the entire National League, maybe even leads baseball, but definitely leads the National League. And he's not a guy that you look at in that category. He's a guy who's a five-tool player. He's going to hit for power, but not necessarily lead the you know the National League in, in slugging. Uh, so that's interesting. He's already got 26 homers before the break. His career high in that category is 35. He's definitely going to trump that. Um you know, he, he's, you know, the speed, he's not stealing bases, but, you know, a lot of guys aren't stealing bases. Um, but he, in my mind, is the MVP. Again, the Dodgers need their stars. They have to rely on their stars this season more than any season they've ever had. Uh, they need to rely on Freeman and Betts because they don't have the pitching. They don't have maybe the depth uh, among their position players. So they're relying heavily on these guys that need them more than ever. And Betts is definitely answering that call. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I've said it before. He's one of those guys I wish was on any other team because he's mm -hmm. so fun to watch. Good dude. And uh, 300 bowler also. So, I mean, what can't the guy do except for pitch, I guess. But speaking of pitching, AL Cy Young, <laughs> I, you know, I'm just going to – I'm giving everything to Otani because he deserves it this year. He's just been phenomenal. Uh, striking out 10 guys in a game where he hits two bombs. Um, I think – it'll be interesting to see what people if they put into account that he like hits on the same day that he pitches. So maybe his stats won't be as good as maybe like a Cole or something at the end of the year. But when you take into, well, they take into account that he was also hitting every you know nine batters on offense while he was dominating on the mound too. Um, so I'm going, I'm going Shohei. That's a good one. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like you're right. I, I don't know if, if you uh, had a, if you had a vote, would you, would you take into account that he had to hit and the other ones didn't while he pitched? No, I don't think I can. I don't think I can do that for the Cy Young. I mean, for the MVP, absolutely. Cause I think it's an overall type of thing, but for the Cy Young, I think I'm going to look directly at pitching. Um, and if he's the best pitcher in the game at the end of this, then he gets it. Uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with Framber Valdez of the Houston Astros Framber right now, leading the American league in ERA, um, in a very hitter friendly Houston ballpark, which is impressive, especially as a left-handed pitcher. Um, and it's, a, it's a sub two, six ERA. I can't see any situation where he lets up and has a bad outing. Um, and now I know he's going to give up like eight runs when he comes out of the all-star break now that I said that. Um, but he finished top five last year. He's really underlooked, I think, for a lot of reasons. Verlander last year was kind of in the same rotation. He won the Cy Young. Uh, and now this is Framber's staff. And he's going to win it, I think, this year. And he's pitching in meaningful games. And I envision meaningful games with Texas coming up here uh, in the second half. And I can't wait to see him out there and, and pitch in those games. So I'm going to go with Framber as my AL Cy Young for the first half yeah hard, hard to argue with you there um yeah for nl cy young i'm gonna go with spencer strider from the braves uh you know he's already he's struck out 166 guys in 104 innings uh already i, I don't really Insane. care about yeah uh 166 in 104 innings 
uh, only 34. So that's about a five uh, strikeout to walk ratio. It's just under five. Uh, I'm not a big wins guy for pitchers. The only wins that matter are team wins, but he's already matched his career high in wins at the break. Um, so if he keeps this going, you know, I, I would t- give him my vote for National League Cy Young. That's, yeah, Strider's amazing. He's definitely going to get one at some point. Um, if not this year, then definitely in the future. My guy is actually the starter for the National League um, uh, for the Arizona Diamondbacks, Zach Gallen, who is the National League leader in wins. And I know wins don't mean anything, but that means he's getting run support from the uh, from the Diamondbacks. But he's got 11 wins uh, and uh, a 3.04 ERA heading into the second half. He's pitching in a fair amount of innings. He is, you know, limiting the damage. If you look at his whip, he's leading the NL in whip. He led the NL in whip last year. So he's just a guy that does not, um, you know, blow up often. Um, strikeout guy, command guy. You know, there's there's not a lot to dislike about Gallon. I think that was a really interesting trade that the Marlins made. Jazz Chisholm Jr. for Zach Gallon. It could still yeah. work out on both sides, but Chisholm's been hurt this year, but Gallon might be uh, so far leading the charge in that trade for the Diamondbacks. And I would not, I would, I would be very excited to see him pitch in a postseason series. I think the Diamondbacks, you know, have been a great story this year and they have a legitimate ace at the top end of their, their rotation with, with Gallon. And I think he should be joined and we'll get into this when we talk about deadline stuff, but they need to add. And I think, getting him a compliment in that rotation would, would be uh, a pretty good thing for Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. That would be huge for them and scary for the the rest of the West and the yes. national league for sure. Um, really quick to tie a bow on this thing. we got the, the rookies here for the American league. I'm going to go of the Rangers. You know, the Rangers are one of those other teams. that's kind of surprising everybody. They're a couple games up on the Astros right now, I believe. Uh, you know, he's hitting 280, 19 bombs already. Uh, he's just been a very steady performer, which for a, a kid, you know, being a steady contributor to a potential postseason team, uh, it's pretty rare to see. And so, uh, yeah, I'm giving him the nod for uh, Boach and the Rangers down there. I'm gonna go with my guy that I picked at the beginning of the season, Tyler, my original. American League Cy Young pick Hunter Brown, who I really like to watch. And granted, he's kind of had kind of an up and down year. There's been a few starts where he's, you know, not thrown well. I know he had a he had a big clunker earlier against the the Mets, hit him hard, I believe, last month. And then in his last start, um I think I read that Seattle hit him a little bit too, but second half coming strong for him. Again, uh a young depth rotation for Houston and he is only 24 years old. He's got a 4.212 ERA, but he's going to, again, he's going to be pitching in important games down the stretch for this Astros team. That's trying to get back in the first place, trying to overtake the Texas Rangers. And what I really like about Brown is his ability to miss bats. He talked about it with Otani. I'll talk about it with Brown. He's striking out over 10 and a half guys per nine. That's pretty significant. Uh, if the command could kind of get back to earth, then uh, I think we will have uh, my my pick fulfilled. But he's the guy that's impressed me the most. But um, there's a lot of good rookies, and I'll, I'll touch on that in a bit. But there's a lot of good rookies. He's my guy for the AL. All right, yeah, solid pick there, and and a great name, Hunter. Uh, and then we got the National League Rookie of the Year. I'm going with Corbin Carroll. I think he was my pick at the beginning of the year, probably maybe yours too. I mean, he's just having a great year. I, I'm really relieved as a baseball fan that his shoulder injury from a couple of days ago looks to have just been uh, something just didn't feel right in the moment. He's played every game since then. He's starting for the National League tomorrow night in the All-Star game. And you know, he's one of those five-tool guys that's really fun to watch. And so glad he's healthy, having a great year. And if he keeps it up, he'll be rookie of the year in my book. And if he keeps it up, he'll be top five or top three in the NL MVP voting too. So um, definitely a guy that's that's, um, leading the pack right now. I'm going to go with a guy who has done so much over the past few weeks to possibly get himself in the race, even with Corbin Carroll's 
uh, success. And that's Ellie De La Cruz from the Cincinnati Reds. And this guy has been so amazing, 21 years old. Um, and like we were waiting for him to come up. He's been big league ready since the start of the year. And here he is just lighting the world on fire with massive exit velocities, speed all over the place. I mean, he stole what was it? Um, three, ba- all bases in the same, on the same play or in the same inning or whatever it was yeah. um, with, within a span of two pitches, he stole second. And then on the next pitch, he stole third and home on the same pitch. Um, so yeah. Th- and he had that incident where the, the nationals checked his bat the other day and later in the game, he hit the home run and tapped the ed- end of his bat and Dave Martinez wasn't too happy about it. So uh, you know, he's doing his thing and he, he is very fun to watch. I feel like he's like must see TV right now. He's electrifying baseball. A hundred percent must see TV. He's got a three twenty five batting average, just tearing it up right now. And, um, a guy who has been playing, you know, third base and shortstop and a part of a really, really interesting Reds team that I'll get to in just a second. But Ellie De La Cruz could be a guy who could definitely put his name in the rank next to Corbin Carroll. So I'll go with him. He's been, he's been amazing. And he's a few months older than me. (laughs) (laughs) One. Yeah. One of the few guys that'll be older than you, um, in a few years, buddy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, all those guys that we just talked about are awesome. Most of them are up in Seattle right now. So it'll be fun to watch and see what they do for the rest of the year. Um, but yeah, that brings us to, you know, the, the three up three down portion of our episode, how we close all of our, uh, non guest episodes here at the shutdown inning. Um, you know, we talked last time we did it. It's kind of weird to end with the downs. Do you want to start with the ups though, since it's three up three down, let's do the ups, let's do the ups. So number one, we got the Atlanta Braves. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Braves for my first up. They are possibly baseball's best team. They are definitely baseball's most deepest team. They have a million guys at the All-Star game right now in Seattle. Um, They are the best team in baseball. They have a steady group of regulars, too. Like, if you look at their bench, like, a lot of those guys, they play, but they don't, like, they're not in there. It's not a mix-and-match lineup. The guys that are in there are the guys that are usually in there. Uh, and all of them are good. I mean, all of them are good. Sean Murphy ends up being a good trade. Matt Olson's putting up a, an MVP type of season. Albies is a is an unbelievable contributor. Uh, you're getting production out of Austin Riley, as always. He's at the All-Star game. Michael Harris has started the heat up after the injury. Acuna is kind of your um, your 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 guy that you send your, your offense around. Um, there's so many guys on this team, and you mentioned Strider, too. They've gotten contributions out of... Bryce Elder, we remember him from the whole um, incident with um, who was that incident with with Pete Alonso? Remember we talked about oh, that yeah. where he said throw it again, throw it again, yeah. throw it again. So Bryce Elder, aside from that that moment, he's he's done really well. Charlie Morton is like forty years old; he's pitching well. They have a good bullpen. They are my team to possibly go all the way. Um, they are that good, and they are my first half ups. Uh, so they're up number one for me. Nice. Did you even mention Matt Olson? And uh, you're reeling off so many names of like key contributors. I don't even. Uh, you might have said Olson, but it's just showing how deep mm-hmm. they are. That like, I mean, they're they're a really well put together ball club. And if they can stay healthy, I agree with you. I mean, I think you know, aside from that first two or three weeks, the Rays have had. You know, take that out of the equation. The Braves have been the best team in baseball by quite a margin. I feel like um, so definitely a first half. Up, I agree with you there, my friend. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. So I like what they're doing, and I mentioned Elliot De La Cruz, and I'm going to mention his team, the Cincinnati Reds, who are fifty and forty-one going into the All Star break. And this team, you know, there's other teams to pick that have been better, but they have such a good, young, exciting group. And I'm going to pick Cincinnati for my up for the first half because. We haven't seen winning baseball in Cincinnati in a few years. It's been a while since they've been in a postseason. And Cincinnati's a fan base where I feel if they put a good product on the field, there are plenty of Red fans who are hungry to go out to Great American Ballpark and watch them. They have a great fan base. They have a a, a historic fan base. They're the oldest franchise in the game, I believe. And they're getting contributions from a lot of young guys. And I would like to see how they do. 
in a postseason series. They have young guys. And the one thing I am concerned about that I will say that does, you know, kind of, you know, concern me is the amount of young guys they have. And if they're going to put an innings limit on a guy like Andrew Abbott, who's been mm-hmm. also kind of a rookie of the year guy, possibly. Um, I hope they don't. Uh, but maybe they need to add in the rotation. They got guys in their bullpen like Alexis Diaz, Edwin's brother, who's just shut down. Uh, and people still think they're going to sell off pieces, which is stupid. No, they're in it to win it. Baseball's back in Cincinnati, and this group is the one to do it. Yeah, I mean, they're really fun to watch. I have also had a lot of fun kind of watching uh, Joey Votto kind of uh, uh, embrace the young team, the young team around him now. He's been doing some really fun interviews and, it's, you know, he's always been such a fun personality that he's uh, it's fun to kind of watch him having fun again. He's back. He's not, you know, he's been banged up a lot the last couple of years and he's been banged up a little bit this year, but he's back. He's having fun. Uh, I saw an interview like the other day where he was like wearing his hat backwards after the game with his like Jersey untucked. Did you see this? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, this is something me and Ellie uh, started, you know, we're the young hip guys in the clubhouse. So, you know, it's uh it's uh you know Vado, one of the few guys older than me in baseball still so it's fun to see that you know you know it's basically him and a bunch of 20 year olds right now in cincinnati and i think they you know like you said there's probably better teams to include on up but as far as outperforming expectations i think them and the diamondbacks are probably the two that are outperforming what most people projected them to do though thus far yeah and ellie ellie playing with Vado is like almost what it would be like if I were to play with you in the big leagues. Yeah. I mean, it's an 18 year gap. So like Joey Votto could be his dad. Yeah. That's weird to think about it. Now I yeah. shouldn't have brought that up relating to you. Cause now I'm thinking about how you could be my dad, but on to up number three. Oh, yeah. you up number three. <laughs> up number three. I'm going to go with, we always kind of tie in the giants tie a little bit here and I'm going to go with the giants, the giants rookies. <laughs> Uh, the Giants kind of have. <laughs> I'm going through. Pull it together, here, son. <laughs> oh Jesus, that was so out of pocket. I don't know why. Okay, <laughs> Giants rookies. They had a little bit of a rough April, but they have been one of baseball's best teams since May first. And the rookies have just like lit a fire under this team. They've had some veteran contributions too, but the likes of Patrick Bailey, Casey Schmidt, at times. Luis Matos at times, um, you know, these guys have been, have been really good and entertaining. Blake Sable has 10 home runs going into the all-star Blake, uh, all-star Blake, all-star break. Um, <laughs> it's definitely a, a fun team to watch. There's energy all over the place. Um, they kind of ran into a rough stretch the last like two weeks uh, before the half ended. Um, but they are definitely my up because, you know, it's not going to be difficult to see some of those guys, um, you know, get hot like a Matos, like a Schmidt. Uh, Bailey's been again another guy to put in the uh, Rookie of the Year chase. I think we've mentioned like four possibilities for the NL Rookie of the Year yeah. uh, in this episode alone. Uh, and and Bailey's one of them. Uh, so those are my ups: Braves, Reds, Giants, rookies. Yeah, you know the the Giants rookies. It seems like r- whenever they started to hit a lull, they would call a new rookie up, and he'd energize the team a little bit. You know, Schmidt. First, I believe he kind of just came in and he was a glove first guy that dominated Uh, Patrick Bailey, obviously, then kind of came in after he slowed down and Ben Bailey kind of re-energized. I I just love how he's doing it with the glove and the Mm -hmm. bat. Um, And I I saw an interesting quote from him that like now he feels like he's playing without any pressure because like there's no pressure on him to perform better to get to the next level. Now he's at the major leagues. He's like, I'm not pushing to try to impress to get to the next level. I can just hit and be myself. Um, so yeah, he, he's been a lot of fun. Hopefully Matos can, uh, you know, come to the party too. So yeah, great, great first half ups from Mr. Risotto as usual. Good job, son. And now we'll go to the, uh, the, the downs. Um, and so I'm just going to start with, you know, how, I don't know how they wouldn't be a down the New York Mets 42 and 48. Uh, most people expected them to be much, much better than this. Their payroll says they should be Their roster says they should be their owner says they should be. It's interesting how he's had to like jump on Twitter and call people down and like have a press conference to say that they're keeping the, the, the band together, so to speak. Um, you know, I've, 
especially recent memory, I don't think many teams have come in with the buzz that the Mets had coming into this year. And so for them to be six games under at the break, not even, you know, I think they're six or seven games out of the final wild card spot is pretty, pretty shocking, to be honest. It's embarrassing, kind of like San Diego, but to a more deeper extent, uh, it's embarrassing uh, with the with the payroll that they had and the money they committed to guys during the offseason and uh, the two aces at the top end of the rotation. I mean, there's really no excuses for the Mets, um, and it's embarrassing for them to be six games under at this point. Yeah, I mean, as an NL fa- team uh, uh, that a fan of an NL team. I'm hoping they keep up the good work over in New York and keep struggling. Cause there's a few teams that aren't in the hunt right now in the national league that could easily turn it on and make this a very interesting uh, stretch in the national league uh, down number two. I'm going with uh, last year's national league. Cy Young, Sandy Alcantara. Uh, he's already allowed more earned runs this year than last year, all of last year, which is insane. He's got a four, seven, two ERA. Uh, but I mean, the good thing for him and the good thing for the Marlins is they're still winning despite their ace having some uh, some struggles. So especially if he could put it together, you know, that could be huge for 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 Florida. But I'm putting Sandy a, as a down so far this year. Uh, uh, any any thoughts on Sandy there? Yeah, I think he'll figure it out. I think he's someone who's good enough to where you don't worry about him yet. Uh, if anything, it could be a mechanical tweak. I don't think it's health related. He's kind of a workhorse. Um, and he's, he's still, he's still throwing innings, you know, good innings, strong innings. Uh, he's just kind of getting hit around a little bit. Uh, but I'm not worried about it. I think a lot of his numbers are similar as last year. He's just, you know, they're just hitting him a little bit more and he's got to make adjustments in the second half, but I don't think it's anything to be worried about at this point, but, um, you know, he, he's still a guy that I would trust in a, in a big game. Yeah, for sure. I, I think he'll bounce back as well. Uh, and then down number three to wrap it up, I'm going AL Central. I mean, just what a terrible division this has turned out to be. The The Guardians are leading the division with the 500 record at the break. Uh, I mean, this, the whole AL East is still better than them. So it still lines up perfectly if you look at the standings. Uh, you know, the, the guardians are leading the division. They'd be like fourth place in any other division in baseball. I think this is where we're going to see kind of the, the separation in divisions now with the more balanced schedule previous years. If you were one of the better teams in a division like this, you could beat up on your own division for about 20. Well, it would be like 24 more games a year. Now you're playing everybody. It's harder to hide. And, uh, the AL central probably wishes they could hide right now because they are not playing a lot of good baseball. It's looking rough. It is looking rough for the AL Central, I agree. And, I mean, there's discussions about the Guardians and the pieces that they have at the deadline with the Shane Bieber and a few other guys that they could deal. Um, and maybe they don't want to deal them because they might feel like they have a clear path to a postseason berth. But, you know, either way, if if they were in any other league, uh, they would be getting blown out the out the door completely. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm disappointed in the guardians overall. I'm disappointed because I think I had them in the world series at one point last year because of their young pitching. And now, you know, it's kind of gone away a little bit and it's disappointing that they're 500 and the the division itself is disappointing. And the twins too are disappointing. I mean, the White Sox are really disappointing. I mean, there's just so many. The White Sox are mega disappointing, and we could have made the argument for uh, you to have them on this list too. And um, yeah, it's just a crap division. And I mean, I don't see them doing anything in the postseason, any of those teams, to be honest. I don't think any of them even add at the deadline significantly. Yeah, I mean, I don't see how they could feel confident that they're one or two pieces away from competing realistically for a world series um you know anything can happen in the playoffs but as far as like gutting their farm to try to make a couple moves i don't see them doing that um yeah so that's the three up three down episode number 25 the barry bonds edition of the shutdown inning we shut it down again man we did shut it down again we did um we kind of got awkward there at the end tyler but i think we wrapped it up pretty well (laughs) Uh, I'm never going to hear the end of that. I already know. 
and um you know some some things just slip out and i can't you know you can't put the toothpaste back in the uh back in the uh the bottle there as what they say or the bottle the the i don't know you get the you get what i'm saying i i get what you're saying but yeah, yeah no. in the tube yeah <laughs> so shut it down again enjoy all-star game weekend our week everybody all-star game tuesday night <laughs> um and uh home run derby we're gonna look back to see if this is bad our predictions were bad but we are looking forward to trade deadline stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. What three, three, four weeks away? So we're getting there. Um, yeah, so we'll have a lot of uh, deadline chatter as we get going here through the month of July. Uh, follow, subscribe, do all that kind of good stuff at shutdown underscore inning uh, wherever you consume your podcasts. You can find us, and I guess we need to start a Threads, man. Yeah, we should. We should do that. We get yeah. active on there. Yeah. yeah. Stay tuned for that information coming soon. <laughs> All right. Shut it down again. That's what's up. <laughs>